Welcome to 30 Minutes to Wealth, the show that teaches you how to build wealth through real estate. Our company, ProFunds Mortgages, has assisted real estate investors in achieving wealth for over two decades. Over the next 30 minutes, we're going to share some of our key strategies in real estate with you. Right here on 30 Minutes to Wealth. Hi, I'm Carmen and this is Jordan. Welcome to 30 Minutes to Wealth. The show that teaches you how to build wealth through real estate. We're here with our guest, Tyson George. Tyson, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You've got such an amazing story. We're really excited to dig in. But um, just to kind of start, you you just turned 16, or you are 16 now, and you just bought your third rental property. Yeah, which just is last Thursday. Last oh Thursday. My gosh. Amazing. So we're going to get into all of that. But first, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. So yeah, I'm 16 years old. Um, I play hockey. I have three older sisters. I go to, I'm from London, Ontario, and I go to uh, high school. I'm currently in grade 11, and I'm actually graduating high school a year early. So I graduate wow. in June. This is my last year of school. Okay, can I ask you, how did you graduate? You just took extra courses? So to yeah, I took, I took summer school three years in a row, and I'm taking three courses right now at college. Um, so wow. dual credits. <laughs> yeah. You're incredible. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. So you so you bought your first property at 15 years old. Correct. Is that yeah. correct? Wow. So what sparked your interest in real estate? Like how did this all come into play for you? So yeah, it all started when I was um, nine years old. I just had up, saved up my birthday and Christmas money. And then my grandfather asked if I wanted to go to an auction. And I was like, okay, sure. Uh, I only had about five or $600 at the time. Only. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's great. At the auction, I bought a filter queen vacuum for $100, and I sold it uh, for $250. And just seeing how you can take something at one price and sell it for more was motivating and inspiring for me. So I kept buying and selling. And then when I was 11, I heard the word leveraging just through conversation. And so I asked my dad, I was like, what's leveraging? And so he sat me down at the kitchen table with a pen and paper, and he explained to me what leveraging was. And I thought it was awesome, and I was amazed by it, mm-hmm. and I was immediately hooked. And so at 11, I made it my goal to own an investment property as soon as I can. So are your parents involved in real estate, or is this something that you kind of just decided to take upon yourself? So yeah, my mom, she's a real estate agent, so she uh, helps me with the offers and um I can get better deals because I save on real estate fees. It was more self-driven and wanting to have a successful life. And for when I'm older, not having to worry about money or not living paycheck to paycheck. And one thing my parents always told me is I always knew what my parents made and the bills that they had. If this is how much they make and this is what they have and this is the kind of lifestyle we live, well, then if I want to do more or whatever, then I'll have to make more money. So that's kind of how I... Incredible. You're a rarity, and, and I, I just, God bless you, because it's amazing, and, and it's, it's such an inspiration, and it's great to have you here so that our viewers can see that it doesn't matter what age you're at, you can make it happen, and, and maybe even inspire some people your age and younger to get started at an early age and make, a, make something out of their lives. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's funny, I even um, had these two twin neighbors and what I did is I actually hired them to work for me. So uh, I have, I'd have a little setup in my garage of dressers and um, they'd come over on like a weekend and I'd get them to fix up all the dressers and to paint them when I just watched them. And then, uh, so and then I'd sell them and I'd give them a cut. 
So what kind of stuff would you be picking up at these auctions? Was it mostly furniture? Did you have an eye for anything particular? or A lot of it was furniture um, through garage sales and auctions. Um, a lot of it also was just random things. So anything from bar fridges, air conditioners, dehumidifiers, fridges, stoves, postage stamps, anything that I th- thought that I could make money off of. How did you know what to buy? Like, And who did you sell it to? Yeah, like, did you, like, refurbish these items, or did you just, like, flip it to somebody that you thought could have, you know, seen the value in those items? So what I did is, um, if I saw something at a garage sale auction, and I thought it seemed kind of cheap, what I would do is I'd go on Kijiji or eBay, and I'd look at what they're going for. And Mm -hmm. I'd say, okay, well, this is going for $40 on eBay. They're only asking $15. Maybe I can get it for $10 and make $30. So that's kind of how I did it. If it needed to be fixed such as furniture, then I'd uh, refinish it all, fix it all up, and then sell it. But if it was something like uh, an iPhone that I was buying and selling, I would just clean it all up and maybe go buy a charger for wow. it or something. And tell us about what you did with the furniture from, um, you know, because you live in the London area, so I know there's universities and colleges in that area. So tell us about your story there and how you were able to save. In May, when the students at the university and college would move and go back to their hometowns, they'd throw out all their furniture, they'd throw out their bar fridges and air conditioners. So I would go and I'd pick it all up. And then when they came back in August, I'd sell it all back to them. <laughs> brilliant. You're brilliant. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's very clever. So how long did it take you, um, you know, from doing all that saving to the point where you were actually able to buy a property? So it took me from the age of 11 to the age of 15, so four years. Um, but the biggest difference in why I think it was harder for me almost is because I didn't have, like, a set amount of money coming in every month. It was mm-hmm. whatever... I, whatever work I put in was the money I got out. So it was all kind of up to me. So I have a question. I mean, mm-hmm. at your age, most people, most kids your age are having fun. They're, you know, taking their money that they get for gifts or whenever they ask for something, it's going to be game systems and things like that. I mean, don't you miss out on all of that or, or your drive is so overpowering that you just want to move forward on the real estate side? What I do is say I made $520, I'd spend 20 and save 500 and I'm very good at time management. That's something that is very important. So mm-hmm. I make time where, where my friends are sleeping on a Saturday morning between <laughs> 6 a.m. and lunch, I'm out it. making money. And then in the afternoon is when I can play hockey, I can go to the movies or go to their house and play video games so and things like that. So you found a way That's to balance. really make sure this balance, yeah. For sure. Oh my gosh. You're, it's it's incredible. I'm actually taken away by by your story. And when you when you reached out to us, because you were watching the 30 Minutes yeah. to Wealth show, um, and you told us your story, I thought, oh my gosh, like I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. You're just such an inspiration. It's incredible. Thank you. So yeah. Tyson, talk to us about your first property, and you know what this property was, and you know what you purchased it for, and what the down payment was like. Like, talk us through that structure. So my first property, it, I found it privately, and um, I found it, it was November 2017, and I approached the girl, I saw it on Kijiji, and I asked her, uh, I said, I'd like to buy it. Um, she was asking 115000 and she said, well, I don't really want to move right now. Uh, I don't want to move till June, when she was going to go to Nova Scotia. And I said, well, why don't I buy it off you now? 
So that way you can have all that money to help you move. And uh, that it was right before Christmas, so she could have spending mm-hmm. money for Christmas. And then you can just rent it off me until whenever you feel like moving out. And so mm-hmm. she took me up on that offer. And so I bought it for $113,000 um, because we took away the real estate fees. So it was $113,000. And I put 5% down. So it was about $7,000 um, plus another $3,000 in lawyer fees, land transfer tax, mm-hmm. and expenses. And then when she moved out, she ended up moving out uh, early, which was uh, February, uh, March. Then I put about $8,000 in renovations into the property and then rented it out for $1,100 a month on a two-year lease, and I currently rent it out now. Yes. And um, my mortgage is $550, property tax is about $1,500 a year, um, condo fees is fairly low, just $217 a month. So you're netting about um, $300 a month in cash flow there? Yeah, and then plus I'm very fortunate where now my property, after putting in the renovations, has grown a lot in value. So I'm able to pull equity out of it to buy my third one. So right now I'm getting a new kitchen in my first property with granite countertop um, before I get an appraisal. And the appraisal... um, Based on recent sales, we figure will be around 180 to 190,000. Whoa, that's amazing! So you've yeah. made you're not only making you know cash flow every month on your property, Pretty but look equity. how much equity you've built in that one piece of real estate over the course of how long has it been? Like not even uh, 14 a year? months. Yeah. yeah. So amazing. so everyone's probably thinking, well, how did you get a mortgage at your age? Mm-hmm. Right. That's. It's not possible. So your parents helped out with the mortgage? So what happened is my parents, they put the property in their name, uh, and then they legally entrusted it uh, into me for when I'm 18 years old. So when I'm 18, I'll put both, all the properties in my name. And so what I'm doing is soon, within the next month or so, I'm meeting with a, uh, a mortgage uh, person, and she's going to kind of talk to me and how when I turn 18, mm-hmm. what kind of credit score I have to have and how I can, mm-hmm. what kind of money I need to be making so that way I can have those properties in my name when I'm 18. And so when you're 18, then you really will have to have a regular income and things like For that sure. in order to transfer it into your name. So, mm-hmm. well, we've got to go to break um, and I can't wait to share more of your story with our guests. So don't go away. We'll be right back. If you'd like more information about investing in real estate or have any questions or comments, check us out online at profunds.ca. While you're there, be sure to view our other episodes filled with great real estate knowledge. Hi, I'm Jordan. This is Carmen. Welcome back to 30 Minutes to Wealth. We're here with our guest Tyson, and we're just chatting about a really interesting story of how Tyson was able to acquire his first rental property at the age of 15. So Tyson, your story is amazing. You've overwhelmed me with everything that you told me. But I do want to go back for the viewers and for people to understand how much did you have to save to buy that first house? Like it was great that you did it all, but how much did you have to save in that four-year term? Um, All I just have saved was about $20,000. I had a bit uh, more saved, but I didn't need that for my first property. Half of that went towards actually buying it, which was a down payment, land transfer tax, and lawyer fees. So you actually saved $20,000 in four years. Mm -hmm. Yes. Incredible. And that's from selling things that you found at auction sales and garage sales and things like that. While you were in school too. I mean, that's... Now you're on property number two. How did that happen? With the 
other money that I had saved up over the uh, four years, um, I put a 20% down payment on the property and I had, I got, the rest of it was financed through a private lender at a higher interest rate, oh, rate very interesting. of 8%. Your second property that you bought, how much did you pay for that one? It was 155000 155000 And is it just a single family home? Was it a duplex? So it's a townhouse, three levels, three bedrooms, two bathrooms, one unfinished. And, and so how do you find these properties and how do you know they're good? Like, how do you know there isn't anything wrong with them? Do you do due diligence and, and who helps you with that? A lot of it is me. And then because my mom's a realtor, I'll ask her to kind of go over it as well. But um, I find them through uh, Kijiji. And then um, I'm on a program where as soon as properties are put on the system within what I'm looking for. You'll and get a my notification. Price, I'll get a yeah. notification and then I'll hop on it. And um, for my second property, it was actually more difficult to get. I saw it on a Tuesday evening. I got emailed it and I told my mom, I want to go see this tomorrow. And she's like, oh, we'll go another day. And uh, because offers weren't until Sunday. And I said, no, we have to go today. And uh, so we went that day around 5 p.m. on a Wednesday. And we got a call from the agent saying there's been a bully offer. Yeah. So let's just explain what a bully offer is because maybe a lot of people don't know what a bully offer is. So a bully offer is when someone puts in an offer that they have to decide whether they're going to accept or not that day or right away or before when they're going to do offers. So they're supposed to do offers Sunday. Someone said, we want you to deal with our offer today. Mm-hmm. And so the agent said they were going to deal with it. And that we had an hour to decide if we wanted it or not. Wow. And within that hour, there was nine other offers. They were asking 120000 for it. Uh, so I had an hour to figure out where I'm going to get the money from. I kind of figured out how much money I would have to put into it. So do I need new flooring, paint, kind of how much that would cost? And then how much do I think I could rent it out for? Uh, how much do I think I'll have to pay in interest every month to my private lender? Just kind of figuring out those numbers and then kind of yeah. figuring out what I think it could be worth in the future as well as what it's worth now. And so all those played a factor in deciding whether I want I wanted to buy it. Mm-hmm. And so then I went in with no conditions, $35,000 over asking. $35,000 yeah. over asking. <gasps> there was someone that went $40,000 over asking. But they had conditions. But they mm-hmm. had a condition of status certificate. Wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's incredible. And you ended up getting it. Yeah. And and so is it rented now? See, I, right now I have it rented out um, to a 40-year-old who has a good job, and I rent it out for 1500 a month on a one-year lease okay. or term. Okay, yeah. so you're paying, how much did the private lender lend you? So they lent me $125,000. Okay, and they didn't have a problem with you coming in with that amount, and he was at a higher loan to the value of the real estate. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Now, did your parents have to sign on that loan as well? We know the private lender personally, as well as my parents um, were able to show that they had a good income as well, just in case. And the person, they're familiar with real estate and they know um, that it was a good deal and that they're not going to lose out. Excellent. So for your first and second property, then you were able to come in both with from your own savings. But what about on your third property? How did that one work? Did you, you know, employ the same approach or did you handle that one a little bit differently? For me, the first and second properties were more difficult. The third one was a lot easier. Um, What I did and what I'm doing right now is I'm putting a brand new kitchen with granite countertop in my first property and then I'm getting it appraised. Um, the last two sales in the complex were 192 and 191 uh, thousand. 
And um, so, okay, back up. How much did you pay for it? I paid 113. And how much did you put into it? I put about 8,000. Wow. <laughs> you're, you're like, I'm like, uh, are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Especially in such a short period of time. Holy. Yeah. So, um, and they were all like redone as well, just like mine. The only difference was they had a new kitchen, mine didn't. So we figure that mine will appraise at 180, 190, and then I'll be able to pull out $45,000 in equity and use that, um, or a portion of that as a down payment for my third property. And what's so awesome is, you know, we teach this to viewers all the time about the power of, you know, creating equity in real estate so that you can leverage that to yes. buy. And yes. to see that, you know, you at 16 now are already implementing the I strategy mean, is just amazing. We have clients that are adults with a university degree that are striving to do what you've done. Talk to us about what your goals are. I mean, you're already at three. Do you have any long-term goals of, you know, things that you'd like to achieve and work on? So my goal is to have uh, 100 units by the age of 30. I want to kind of push away from the single-family homes and the townhouses. I want to eventually get into triplexes, 12plexes, and then to owning mm -hmm. apartment buildings. So you want to get into the multi-unit buildings. And you know what? Quite honestly... Uh, financing today in the residential world is so challenging. Mm -hmm. When you get into commercial lending, which we're going to have a show on this soon, um, it's so much easier. I could probably qualify most people for a three or four million dollar commercial mortgage, but if I tried to get you a five hundred thousand or a three hundred thousand dollar mortgage, I probably couldn't. For sure, uh, because the criteria is so ridiculous. So it's a great direction to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And as well with that, like if I have say a twelveplex, that's one property, one location with one mortgage payment, and then I kind of want that to be passive income on the side. So I don't want that to kind of be my main job. Um, I love motivational speaking and public speaking. So I want to be able to inspire others to step outside of their comfort zone, to take risks and to pursue their dreams. Okay, so Tyson, so you're talking about how you're interested in becoming a motivational speaker. Why do you think it is so important um, to teach people about finance and real estate investing, especially youth? Like, I mean, there's such a, just a need for this right now. Mm -hmm. For sure. So one thing I'm seeing a lot in today's youth is that they're not really thinking about their future, um, which I think is very important to do. They're more focused on now and uh, partying and doing drugs and hanging around negative influences. And then when they get out of high school and they have to face the real world, mm -hmm. they get credit cards. They don't really realize that credit cards you have to pay back. You don't, they don't know, right? Yeah. Like, well, you're not taught that. Yeah. No, you're taught, you're, I mean, you're taught a lot of really important things in high school, but yeah. I feel like you're also taught very niche topics and not about a lot of real world. Um, real life street Exactly, smarts. exactly. Yeah. For sure. And so that's kind of why I want to be a motivational speaker. So because I feel I would connect better with youth so I can go up on a stage and I can help youth to realize that your high school years are so important and why it may have been easier for me as a youth to save money is because youth, we don't have that overhead. We don't have mortgage mm -hmm. payments and rent to pay and things like that. So that's why I think it's almost easier for us now to be able to save money and to kind of get ahead 
And how have um, you know your your friends at school? How have they perceived all of this? Like, are they interested in what you're doing? So a lot of my friends, they they've kind of gotten used to it. My close friends, but as far as people at school, most of them didn't really know about it before uh, a CBC article was posted about me. I I like to kind of stay humble or as yeah. humble as I can, mm-hmm. and so no one really knew about it. But as soon as they found out about it, they were all amazed. And I had youth messaging me on Facebook and Instagram talking about their business ideas and asking how they can get into it. Yeah, Yeah, that's amazing. amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think you're an amazing testament to show others that, you know, no matter how old you are, and of course, being a young investor is a huge milestone, but even people that are mid-age or even older, I mean, it's never too late and there's always a way, no matter what, to get started in this. And I think, you know, your story shows an amazing example of that. Inspiring. Our time is up, so unfortunately we could sit here and talk with you for hours. (laughs) If you're interested in seeing more episodes about real estate investing, feel free to go to 30minutes12th.com for more information. That's it. Our time's up. Go create wealth.